0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. As our weekend continues, and I hope your real estate journey across the weekend has been going well and it's a good one on this 21st day of August for 2022. Coming up this morning because it is a Sunday. We have the Sunday review of news and analysis from the last seven days. And as well as that, we're also appreciative of the feedback that you provide to us. Now, if you've got any questions or suggestions, don't hesitate to let us know by emailing us to this email address, Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up tomorrow, we are joined by Paul Ryan, the senior economist from PropTrack, and we're going to be looking at suburbs that have gained the most profits for vendors. Will that surprise? I wonder. Hey, if you're celebrating your birthday for today, the 21st of August, have a great Sunday. On the birthday lineup is Usain Bolt. Remember him, the Jamaican sprinter. Man, could he fly. And if you're looking for something to watch, a film on Netflix, which I can totally recommend if you like a dark thriller, it stars Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, who are fantastic in this film. It's called Let Him Go. It is a A scary but a really good watch.
0: From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between, every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All
1: right, let's have a look at your weather. And I can tell you that it's fine, dry weather right around the country. Good morning to you if you're in Sydney expecting a mostly sunny day and a high of 18 degrees. Partly cloudy but dry in Melbourne with 15 also sunshine with partly cloudy conditions and 21 degrees in brisbane and in perth also cloudy conditions but dry and your high of 20 degrees.
0: Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6:30. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. All right, so now we're going to just
1: go further forward a little bit with your timeline. So we're still in the first 12 months the financial, the first full financial year you working in real estate. How many homes
2: were you able to sell? okay so I guess a couple of quick n- metrics there my, I started in October 2020 so October to October the first you know 12 months in real estate I sold uh, 70 homes exactly and my first financial year which was you know, just finished uh, you know in June this year sold 97 homes I, th- I think we've sold about 140 odd homes uh, across the board now 140 145 homes so so 70 in that first 12month period and that's starting from nothing so you know the second half of that 12 months probably saw a good 50 or 55. And, you know, the first, you know, the first six months was the harder graft. That's for sure.
1: Okay. So Ben, break it down a little bit. So 97 of these homes in your first full financial year, if you feel comfortable, tell us how much money that means that you have taken home.
2: Yeah, look, Craig, that's not a problem at all, mate. But my average commission is about ten or eleven thousand dollars uh, plus GST per commission. They do vary. So I could sell a two hundred thousand dollar villa where you might charge eight grand, or I could sell a million dollar property in the hills where it might, you know, charge twenty five grand. So look, the total gross commission was about one point one million, and after paying um, at my PA and paying the office splits, I took home about seven hundred thousand dollars on my group certificate.
1: When you sold that first property, as you say, it took a long time for that to sort of go through the stages before you saw the money in your bank account. You would never have been able to forecast where you'd land eh, in the first 12 months.
2: Absolutely no, No, absolutely not. I mean, I had some goals and, you know, some certain things that i wanted to achieve, but, you know, being new in the industry, you, you, you want to set you know, ambitious goals, but, you know, not ridiculous as well. So, you know, I, I did exceed my expectations, but, you know, certainly had lofty goals to begin with, which I think is a good driver and is important as well.
0: Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. And so let's have a look at the mock auction
1: itself and why you thought it was a great idea to actually attend the night in the first place.
3: The mock auction was a really great opportunity to actually just get experience in what it's like. I mean, for me, I haven't had hardly any experience with auctions. I think I've seen a few in, you know, our street at home, but in terms of being a potential buyer, it's really hard, I think, to prepare for that. So I found it really useful, Um, really good to get some tips from James as well on like different auction strategies. So I found it really useful.
1: And what about you, Ebony? What was the reason for you to get along on the night?
3: I think, like Claire
4: said as well, to gain an insight into what auctions are actually like and what they're actually about, and as well as what's involved, because I hadn't actually been to an auction before or participated in one as as such.
1: So what did you think, Ebony, the biggest surprises for you during the whole process was?
4: I think the biggest surprise probably was you feel like you need to outbid others, even if you don't actually have the finances for it.
1: And so did you find yourself getting caught up in that whole sort of FOMO thing?
4: Yeah, so there was the mixture of what I would have to do if I uh, potentially went over my budget as well and then the consequences of that too. But um, yeah, I thought, you know, I'd miss out on this great property and then, you know, would there be another opportunity or another property like that one?
1: And because it was a mock auction, did it give you some sort of an understanding for people how they do go down that whole rabbit hole and turn themselves into a FOMO and, you know, the hands just keep on going and it drives the price up?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great strategy from real estates and auctioneers to actually be having...
3: I'd probably echo what Ebony said and just know your limits Um, because I think when we did the mock auction with James, it was quite funny because I think at the start, we all naturally wanted to bid as as much as we could to secure the property and it was almost like, you know, this competition. And I think for us, it was kind of learning, okay, know what your limit is, yeah, all the factors and variables at play. So, I think it was a really good um, reality check for all of us.
1: I mean, if you didn't have this mock auction and the very first auction was an actual live event where you're actually slapping down your own money, your mindset now as a result is a completely different one to having walked into an auction where it's live.
3: Oh, 100%. I can't imagine now if I had gone to my, say, first auction and it was the real deal. Oh, I'm just so glad that we had that chance to do a mock one where, you know, we could bid and um, it wasn't real money, obviously. So definitely took the pressure off. But I think initially um, for first home buyers, like going to an auction can be quite overwhelming and intimidating. So I think to be in that environment where it was, you know, it was for demonstration Um, and then to get some tips and feedback from James on different auction strategies, it was so useful.
0: It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week.
1: Because you come from the hospitality sector, and I find that quite interesting because it's not an easy sector to work in. And of course, real estate, you have to do that. You have to be talking to people constantly. How did you find the skill factor from hospitality into real estate?
5: Well, hospitality was actually my first job, but when I was 14 and nine months, I worked at a family business called the Dananong Pavilion. I absolutely loved it. You know, the most probably exciting opportunity I had working within the hospitality sector was the international business side. So I actually lived in China for three months while we opened up three stores there. And I was only 19 at the time. And I actually had my 20th birthday in a city called Chongqing. It was absolutely crazy. Like none of my (laughs) friends or family had ever done this before. And then I, I was celebrating my 20th birthday With people that didn't even know how to speak english (laughs) and it was an amazing experience like imagine being in a country like you can't even speak to one another like i had a translating app with me 24 7 i was literally teaching our business to people that didn't know how to speak english you know teaching our brand bringing our brand over to three continents in china
1: mo you were born for real estate i can tell
5: (laughs) thank you thank you i'll take it as a compliment
1: Now, just coming back to the whole hospitality, I mean, very transferable in terms of what you learnt in hospitality with the ability to talk to vendors, people that are buying property.
5: Of course, you're learning so much, you know, personal skills, you know, you're learning customer service skills, how to transact with different people. um, And, you know, that saying, you know, the customer's always right. Also working as a team, I feel like any sort of hospitality industry, it teaches you a lot to work as a team, as a collective. And even where I'm based now in in our office at Ray White, I work in a team structure and I absolutely love it because, you know, there's no I in team.
1: Endeavour, we better talk about Endeavour Hills because this has started to go off. Uh, PropTrack did a little piece on it last week. So is it of any surprise to you that it uh, caught this bit of a boom in the market?
5: Not at all, it's just been an amazing experience the last three years of my life, transacting property in this core suburb because I've just seen it grow and prosper like at an an, an absolutely enormous level. So when I started selling property here in 2019, the average medium house price in the market was approximately 530,000 and now to date, it's risen to 831,000 approximately. That's just crazy.
0: It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. What's very clear though is that there
1: are still great auction results taking place. And one of the markets that consistently does well in the auction market is Melbourne. And you could argue that the Melbourne property boom was in part due to the highly successful ways the auction process operated. And more importantly, probably, it coped under a burgeoning strain of properties being sold every weekend. So let's find out how that property market is going in Melbourne. And welcome back to the podcast, Fabian Sinelli, Managing Director and Auctioneer from EYS Auctions. And a very good morning to you, Fabian. G'day, Craig. Good to be here again. So that's probably a, a fair comment in terms of the way that the market is kind of been trending for such a long time in Melbourne.
6: You're 100% right. And that seems to be the common theme at the moment, whether auctions are still going to be more beneficial than private treaty or private sales, as we more commonly say down here. So I think there's a lot of stats to point in the direction that auctions are starting to regain the confidence that they rightfully deserve, especially heading into that spring market.
1: Yeah. And so let's talk about the Melbourne auction update.
6: Okay. Well, getting the negative out of the way, because the stats that I'm going to give you, I feel are very, very positive. We had only 558 properties scheduled last weekend for auction in Melbourne. So that is probably a negative in terms of volume. It's clear that discretionary sellers are not putting their property on the market in this market. However, Craig, buyers are still out there. Despite the rising interest rates, Melbourne reported a preliminary auction clearance rate of 65.7%. Now, that is stronger than last weekend's 62.1%. It's actually a significant jump, so it's clear that buyers are now getting used to this new market. I would even go as far as saying that we've seen the correction. Another positive is that only 43 properties were withdrawn from sale last weekend, significantly less than over the last few months. Now, if we take a look at the housing market, there's a big sign of resilience here, realestate.com.au reported that there were 915 private sales in Victoria over the last week, less than 1,030 in the previous week. Now that means, Craig, that sellers are starting to regain confidence in auctions and we should see those private sale numbers continue to decline now heading into spring.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.